Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Before I get into the word, I'm going to share a little bit. I haven't been here in a while. Um, I'm going to make it quick. We, um, it's, it's interesting, or it feels kind of good to come back home. You know, I haven't been here probably, in, or I got a chance to share it in probably like five years, probably something around there. But I believe it was like in 1998, around there, 99 is when we started um, the church. And God began to move in just a few people. And, you know, and it's been a journey. And um, you can't, uh, you can't change the past. You know, you can't change it. We can't go back to the Yellow House days. We can't go back to when we're over there, when the road was what it was. It was dirt. And we still came here for one reason, just like we come here tonight. And that's just to serve the Lord. That's just to give give the Lord his time. And, you know, as I was driving over here, the Lord was just sharing with me a few things. And I wrote them down, and, and I don't know why he wanted me to share this. And one of the things is he said, we need to accept Jesus for who he is. Because he accepted us, who we are how we were, and we look at uh, Jesus as sometimes when we come to the Lord, we look at him like he has to respond to us. Like, I'm coming to church, so you're going to fix my marriage. You know, I'm, I'm coming to church, so you're going to get me a job. I'm coming to church, you know, broken, and, and you owe me something, Jesus. And that's not what coming to church is, is for. Coming to church is for is to worship him, to praise him, to give him his honor. You know, and knowing that what he did for us and what he continues to do for us, it's not about coming to church and like, how am I going to be blessed today? How am I going to have this experience that I can go back and post it on Instagram and I had the best experience at church and it was uh, so amazing and worship was so great and this was so great and my pastor had the greatest message but you forgot about why you went to church. And that was to draw closer to Jesus, to draw closer to the cross, to understand your personal calling that he has given you because every one of us here tonight has a calling, some to be pastors, some to be preachers, some to be deacons, elders, ushers. There's all kinds of different things that God has called you to do. But when you come to church to be served instead of come to church to serve, you're coming to the wrong place. And that's how we started the church by a servant's mentality. We didn't care about what we had to do. All we, need, all we know, knew was to do it for him. It wasn't about who could do what. It's about what Jesus did for us. A sinner like me, a sinner like you, that he would lay down his life for somebody like us. That he would, he would go out of his way to say, hey, I love you this much that I I'm going to lay down my life for you. And we forget the message of the gospel in the church today. We forget the message of the gospel in the church today because we're concerned about children's ministry. We're concerned about the next uh, outing or the next concert or the next event that we can, we can put on. And all God is, is asking us to do is just come and worship me. 
Come and sit at my feet. I know you're hurting, so stop it. Stop it. We don't have to try to pretend that we're not hurting. The Bible says that we are going to fall into various trials and that there's going to be aches and pain, but through Christ Jesus, what? We can do all things through Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us what we're already going to go through, but we want to act like we're not going through it because we have this facade that we have to put on because the world is watching you and Christians can't look like we're going through it, but sorry, guys, we're going through it. Because the Bible says that in the last days, the days are going to grow more evil. And that there's going to be more temptation. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of temptation just on your cell phone alone. And I'm not going to go down that list because I'll be here a very long time if I go down that list. But we started this church with nothing. And you know what? This church is going to end with nothing. Because it's not about anything here on this earth, but it's about everything that God has for us in heaven. We're not going to hold on to something here on earth to try to build some temple for God. Because we are the holy temple, and God lives in us, and we are the church. And God commands us to go and preach the gospel and to be an ambassador for Christ. The simple things of the gospel. People want to get so deep but they forget the simple things of the gospel. They want to go so deep, they forget, about, they forget about the cross. They forget about the intimacy with Jesus. Those times that he meets you in your darkest times, and he meets you, and he's saving you, and he's, he's molding you, and he's building you up. And we forget about those times because we get a little strength. We get a little healing we feel a little better. And God is going to do something tonight to show us that it's time to go back to the beginning, to the first love, to be simple, to think about the lost across the street, not about how I can go do these things around the world, but what about the ones across the street? What about the homeless at the Walmart parking lot? What about the people down the street by Anaheim High School that are lost without a savior? But yet we're so busy in trying to accomplish so many things personally that we forget to be used by God and really understand what we're called to do. Amen? So accept Jesus for who he is because he accepted you for who you are. And the reason why... I believe the Lord showed me that is by accepting Jesus for who he is, is we have to know that Jesus is the living God. That he is the Lord over our life. That he is a healer. That he is a provider. That he is all those things that we need, but do we know who he is? And do we believe who he is? And do we believe in the power of his resurrection? Amen? Go to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. So Jesus is with his disciples, and he, he has been 
doing his ministry for some time now, and he's about to drop something on his disciples that are, are really going to change their way of thinking and their thought process. And I hope it changes your way of thinking and your thought process as a Christian tonight. Amen? This is one of the scriptures that helped transform my life. I've been serving the Lord for over 20 years now. I've been married for over 23 years now. I have six kids. So I've been through a little bit in my time. So I know how it is to be a husband. I know how it is to be a father. I know how it is to be a son. I know how it is to raise children in elementary school, junior high, high school, and also college. So I've been through a little bit. The only thing that got me through my life since I became saved is God's word and his promises. Not one time I thought back when I was going through it, like I told you earlier, that I'm like, what about that message I heard back in 2006? What about that crazy Pastor Jason that was laying people out? How do I get back to that moment so I can feel the goosebumps again, so I can get excited about the things of God? But God took me to his word, and he shows me time and time again the simple things of the gospel are the most powerful things of the gospel. Because the things that blow your mind, you'll never figure it out, and you keep going and going and going, and you don't get it. But the simple things of the, of the gospel are the things that are going to carry you through your trials. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to them, If anyone desires to come after me. Now, you guys showed up to church tonight, so you guys decided to come after the Lord, right? And as a new believer, it took me a little bit to, to understand this concept. When I read this scripture, I just wrestled with it for a very long time because it didn't make sense to me. I thought once you became a Christian or once you said the sinner's prayer, that it was all good. That I can start hanging out with the Christians. I can go to coffee with the Christians. I'll go to the Christians barbecue. I'll go to the baptisms. I'll hang out with the pastor. And I'll do all the things that people do that go to church. But it wasn't until I started reading my scriptures and understanding the scripture before a transformation took place in my life. And the only way that you're going to go through the trials and tribulations and the good times, bad times, and the worst times is by going through the scriptures. Because the scriptures will guide you through those valleys. The scriptures will guide you through those areas of your life that you just don't want to talk about anymore. But God can still bring you out of them if you do one thing. Take it to the scriptures. You can't do it anything, you can't do it anywhere else. You can come to every single service. I think one time we had 135 services, or I don't know how many were, 50, 60, it was just three months long. You could you could have went every day. Unless you read your scriptures, I'm sorry, you're not gonna make it through. Unless you believe in the scriptures, you're not going to make it through. Jesus says to them, if anyone desires to come after me. We made a choice to desire the king, the Christ, the one who we heard lay down our lives for us so that we shall live. The one that hung on a cross, we said, yes, I want to follow him. 
I want to I follow Jesus because he has the answers, because he is the way. He knows all things. He knows my deepest thoughts. He knows my pain. He knows my struggle. And we see that we want to follow him. Who doesn't want to follow someone that has just healed the blind, who fed 5,000 with, what, five loaves? The disciples see all the great miracles that he just did. Why don't you want to follow him? Why shouldn't you follow him? Why wouldn't you want to follow somebody that is speaking things into existence? If you think about it, they could have hung out with Jesus for as long as he was there and always ate good and had a place to stay. Because they never went without. But if anyone desires to follow him, we made a choice. Unfortunately, some of us in here hasn't followed through with that choice we made. It came to our mind and we're like, yes, I want to follow him. Ooh, this is pretty good. Christians like to eat. They like to have fellowship. It's good stuff. Wow, they like to do retreats. I want a retreat. They even help people that don't have money get to those retreats and they have a good time. I want to follow them, not necessarily him, but I want to follow the Christians because I like the blessings that God gives them. And I like the fellowship and it's, it seems peaceful and they sing good songs and I feel good and it's emotional and it's great. But then you go home and live a different lifestyle because you have not read the scriptures and you have not understand the true meaning of what it is to be a Christian. The true meaning to what it is to have Christ live in you. The true meaning it is to be led by the Spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because the lust, the lust of the flesh brings forth death. So if anyone desires to follow him, he gives us clear instructions. And a lot of us don't like to read the Bible because we'd rather be lost than to have the directions. Because when we're lost, we can do whatever we want to do. I'm talking to somebody tonight because when you're lost, you think nobody sees what you're doing. If anyone desires to come after me, let him, I'm going to say the cuss word, deny himself. Let him deny himself, herself, yourself. Let him deny yourself. Let him deny your dreams, your career, your wants, your desires. Maybe I don't want to be a Christian after all. If I have to deny myself, then why do I want to become a Christian? That's why we don't want to read the scriptures. You want the blessings, but you don't want to carry your cross. You want the blessings, but you don't want the burden of the cross. You want the blessings, but you don't want the true meaning of what it is to be a Christian because it's easy to hang around and cherry pick the blessings that you want. You want to cherry pick the blessings that you want. God, fix my marriage and I'll feel better. And I'll go uh, to a couple church services. God, get me a job and, and, and I'll throw a, a dime in the bucket. God, get me a car and maybe I'll go to church because I'll have a way to get there. God, if you just give me a place to live, then I'll be able to take a shower and show up on Sunday clean. Oh, they have a night service. I'll get there that night. 
Oh, they have a Wednesday service and then you never show up. Because you forgot to deny yourself. But we all want to serve the Lord until he says deny yourself. We all want to be a Christian until he says deny yourself. And it's a hard pill to swallow. Because the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is we unfortunately look at ourselves. And we tell ourselves, well, you're a good looking person. Why do I want to deny you? You need what you need. And I'm going to get it for you today. But the Bible says to deny ourselves. So when we get up in the morning, we have to rethink and ask the Lord, Lord, what is your will today? God, what is your will today? God, what should I pray for? God, who should I pray for? God, how do I worship today? God, how do I please you today? God, show me the way because I am in a world of darkness. I'm trying to be a light. I'm being tempted on all sides. I'm barely making this thing they call Christianity. But how do I do it? By asking him. And he gives us a scripture to deny ourselves. And then he also says to what? Let's, let's move to the next scripture. He says, to deny ourselves. Here's another cuss word. Oh, I'm sorry. To deny our, uh, himself and take up his cross daily. So we're Christians on Sundays. Daily. Every single day. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because, you know what? It's tough out there. It's a day to day to day to day, one day at a time. Don't be planning a week. Live for the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live as if today was your last day to please God. Do you know that it's just a, a, a daily grind? That's what people say. And that's what we go through. Those who what, want to live out this Christian walk. You can throw in the towel and just live in the world and you can do whatever you want to do. But you're not going to be blessed. Your flesh will be happy for a season, but then you'll be like hurting after a little bit. Your flesh will be happy for a season, and then you wonder how you got behind bars. Or you wonder how you got divorced. Or you wonder how you got fired. Or you wonder how you lost your car. Or you wonder how you lost your driver's license. Or you wonder how you got kicked out of your house. Or you wonder why you, you're, you're an addict. Or you wonder why you're a pervert now and you can't stop looking at pornography on your cell phone. The thing that you carry more than you carry the Bible. The thing that you look at more than you look at the Bible. I'm not trying to hurt nobody, but I'm just speaking the truth. We all have eyes. We all see what's going on today in the world. We don't have to be like, well, I got 354 likes. Good. You got likes, but Jesus loves you. He didn't like you. He loved you. If anyone desires to come after the Lord, to follow him, we should deny ourselves and take up our cross. What do we have to do? We made a choice to, to, to follow him. We want to follow Christ. We want to be believers. Then we need to deny ourselves. All he's saying is, hey, be holy for I'm holy. That's what the scripture says. To deny the flesh. 
to deny your wants, your dreams, like I said earlier. It's to deny those things that we really want in the flesh to the will of God. Because he says that he has already created the work for us because we are his workmanship. That's all we have to do is walk in it. When we are walking in the spirit of God, God will show us the way. That's what the Bible says. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father except through me. He is the way. We want to follow him. How do we go to that way? By denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily. Now, we, we see the cross as, what does it mean? What, is, what does the cross mean to me? Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, your flesh needs to die on that cross too as well. He died for our sins, so we need to let our sins or let our flesh die as well. That we need to take up our cross and know that there's going to be a burden and a hurt because the flesh hurts when it has to be obedient to the Lord. Because the flesh is used to doing what it wants to do. You had no rules or regulations or boundaries when you didn't know the Lord. You know what that's called? Lost. You were wandering about lost. And God found you. And you chose to follow him. But now we need to take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. Amen? It says, for whoever desires to save his life, Um, we're talking about uh, testimonies. And we used to have this, this little tambourine way back, way back, way back. And we like testimony time and they shake the tambourine time like at least 15 years ago. <laughs> Somebody would come up and share their testimony. And the first thing, oh, I got saved when, right? Well, the Bible says you got saved when you decided to lose your life. It says those who, who want to, be saved, will lose their life. So the testimony of, of us should be like, yeah, well, I got saved when I decided not to live for, my, for myself anymore, my selfish self. When I started living for my kids, when I started living for my, my friends, when I started living for, you know, laying my life down to do whatever it is that God has called me to do, to be a better husband. It says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. So I got saved, and what happened when you got saved? It was great. They prayed for me. They gave me a free meal ticket. They gave me some water and a Bible, and I was so excited. But then I read the word, and it said, I have to lose my life. How did I get saved if I have to lose my life? Because Jesus says if you lose your life, you'll gain it. The life that you thought you had it going on, God says, I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. A life that we can't comprehend when we lose our life, and give it to the Lord. God takes the beauty, I mean the ashes, and turns it into beauty. He takes the, the, your miry clay, and he takes you out of that miry clay, and, you, and, he, and he brings you out something special, somebody different, that you wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that music anymore. You know what, I'm not going to watch those movies anymore, because you know why, I'm not going to go down that road anymore, because I'm different. God, how am I going to be different? You get in your word, and God will show you different things, how to change your life, how to change your mind, how to change your heart, and be different. A sinner's prayer doesn't make you a Christian, but living out the word of God makes you a Christian. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, 
But living out the word of God makes you a Christian. So if somebody here wants to be a strong Christian, start reading your word and start applying it and believe it and you can do it. When I was back there and the worship was going on, God was showing me that it only takes a remnant for revival. It only takes a remnant for revival. I come here tonight and it's a little less than normal on a Wednesday and I'm like, okay, but God wants revival and it only takes a remnant for revival. It only took one voice to cry out in the wilderness and Jesus showed up. It only took one voice crying out in the wilderness and Jesus showed up just like he showed up tonight. Just like he showed up for you when you said, God, I need you. God, help me. God, I'm desperate. Jesus showed up for us. He's just looking for somebody to call upon his name. He's looking for somebody to carry their cross, to say, God, I want the burden because I know the burden becomes blessings. God, I want the cross because when the cross is risen up, the crown of glory is also on the cross. We know that that cross was dripping the blood of Jesus that saved us. And those who desire to be saved will lose their life. And those who lose their life shall be saved. This is what the Bible says. When you become a Christian, you lose your life. So what does it mean? All things have passed away. All things become new. Meaning like, hey, sorry, buddy. It's over. That old man is done. Newsflash. You're no longer Joe. You're Joe Christian now. And that's what God is saying to us tonight. Do you know that no longer I want to be yesterday's man? I want to be today's man, who, and I want to be a different man tomorrow. I want to draw closer to God. I want to draw closer to God. I want to be different. Because God is trying to work something out in our hearts. He's trying to take away the old man and the old mentality, the old sin nature. He's he's removing it daily. That's why it says to take up your cross daily. He didn't say to say the sinner's prayer and then all things are good. Did he say that? No, he didn't. He said come to the altar, son, and cry and spit and fall down and then you're perfect. Sorry. I've been here long enough to know that I've seen people come to the altar, fall down two times, get back up, fall down two times. Six months later, I see him in jail. Because there was no repentance. There was no carrying their cross. There was no denying themselves. It was an emotional roller coaster. And I don't know about you, roller coasters eventually make me throw up. But the word of God makes you stand up. And God showed me, he's like, it only takes a remnant. It only takes a few. This city of Anaheim has 500,000 people in it. There's people that are dying every day. And there's people that are dying every day without the gospel and without the good news and without Christ in their heart. And we have an opportunity to share the good news. But stop talking about all the bad news. You can't go back to yesterday and fix it. You can't go back to last week and try to fix it. You can't go back to three months ago, three years ago, six years ago, nine years ago. don't matter. You can't go back. You cannot go erase your sin from two years ago. You may think about it and go, wow, that was really stupid. But God died for it. And he says that we're white as snow. 
because of the blood of Jesus. There is no condemnation. We can't go backwards and say, man, I should have did this. Well, we've already did it. Who's a sinner here? But because of Christ, we are made clean. So we can't go back to third grade and say, why did I kick her? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? Why did I cuss out my teacher, my principal? We can't go back there. But we can move forward. I can't go back to last week and say, why did I yell at my wife? But I can move forward and apologize to her and say, hey, I'm sorry. Because we are a work in progress. Don't judge me because I'm just a work in progress. But you better make progress. Because I don't want to see you two months from now doing the same thing. Don't tell your wife, I'm a work in progress. Work with me. And to continue to do the same thing. If you're a work in progress and God is, you, know, you want God to work some things out in your life, is changed daily. The mindset is changed daily. The heart is changed daily. The cursing stops a little more every day. Surfing the internet and those things that we maybe look at stops a little bit every day. Things start to turn around and starts to change every day. The anger starts to turn around for joy and peace and love. the scriptures real quick. For whoever believes, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses life for my sake will, I will, my sake will save it. For what profit is the, I can't, I can't really see up here. Turn these, I think, turn the lights on because I, let me, oh, let me read it here, my bad. It says, for what profit is it to a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? We all know that scripture. But it's interesting how it talks about just to not denying yourself. And we think about denying ourselves, okay, God, I'm not going to you know, do the things I used to do. I'm trying to do better. But it goes to a whole nother degree of, of it goes to, to a bigger place. It's like, okay, what if you gained the whole world but lost your soul? Was it worth it? What if you gained the, the fame, the fortune? Is it worth it? But where does it start at? It started with just deny, denying yourself and taking up your cross daily. It went from there to like, well, what if you gained the whole world but lose your soul? Is it worth it? We think like, oh, this could never happen to me. These things couldn't happen to me. I'm just a regular person. But if you're not denying yourself, you're not taking up your cross daily, these things can happen to you. What if you gained that position at work but lost your relationship with Christ? What if you gained, you know, a business that was, you know, financially good for you or you gained a relationship that you really wanted wanted, and it wasn't good for you? What if you gained everything you wanted but lost your soul? Would it be worth it? It starts with denying yourself. Because if we deny ourselves, then we, putting your, we put ourselves into the presence of God. 
like Adam and Eve, they, they sinned. And then they had to put these leaves on them. And then God says, who, who told you you were naked? That's like us. We like to cover ourselves up with all these things. But when we get into the presence of God, which is us, it's just us. We're there. And it's just us. And we have to answer to him. And it's just us. And it's just directions and corrections from the Lord. He speaks to us as a child. And he speaks to us. And he becomes a friend. And he becomes personal. And he becomes intimate. And we can understand how we're to live and how to deny, to deny ourselves. It becomes real in our life. The scripture becomes real. Adam and Eve couldn't deny themselves, right? They had a choice. Don't eat of the tree. But they couldn't, deny, they couldn't deny themselves. And God is telling you today, don't do this, son. Don't do this, daughter. But you're continuing to partake. You continue to be a sort of a carnal Christian. You haven't quite grown up yet. You haven't quite took that step. You said, Christ, please, I want to follow you. And you had the experience, maybe at the altar. You had the experience, maybe at a, a ch another church or a harvest or a radio or something. You had an experience. Somebody shared the gospel with you, and you're like, Christ, I want to follow you. And he's saying, son, daughter, you want to follow me? Come a little closer. And he's whispering into your ear, and he says, if those who want to follow me will deny themselves. And you're like, okay, I have to make a choice now. I want to follow Christ. I want to follow the Savior. I want to be like him because that's what we say. We're like Christ. We're like, we're, we, we're, we're like, we have to be Christ-like, Christ-minded, amen? We're supposed to reflect Christ. And we draw closer to God, and we're, we're getting closer to him, and he says, you want to follow me? And, you're, and we're like, yes, God, I'll follow you anywhere. Like Peter, remember Peter said what? I'll do anything for you, God. I'll follow you. I'll go to, I think he said, I'll go to jail for you or something like that. I'll die for you. He didn't know how to live for him yet. And then Jesus tell him, tells him, before the rooster crows three times, you what? You will what? Den you'll deny him. See, if we don't deny ourselves, we're going to deny God. And if you're struggling, you're like, I want to serve him. And you're like, yeah, we all want to serve him. And we get a little closer. And he starts to remove the scales of our eyes. He starts to, he wants to build us up. And we draw a little closer to God. We get a little closer. We get a little closer. And God is saying, son, daughter, get a little closer. I have something to tell you. And he whispers in your, in my ear, in your ear. And he says, deny, deny yourself. We have to make a choice, a decision. Okay, God, I'm willing to deny myself. I'm going to give up these friends. I'm going to stop doing this. Lord, show me what else do I have to do. Where else in my, in my life do I have to change? And he shows us. We get a little closer. We get a little closer. We feel a little better. We're starting to get a little pumped up. We know a little more scripture. We start to get a little better. We start to feel a little bit like a Christian, Christ-like. And then he says, take up your cross. And at that point, you need to make a decision. At that point, you need to decide, did Christ die for me on the cross? At that point, am I willing to die to myself on that cross? Am I willing to give up my life on that cross? Am I willing to be a servant on that cross? Am I willing to go out and to be uh, whatever it is that God wants me to be? Whatever it is, I have to 
like it's no longer I live. That person you built up, that person that you educated, that person that you worked out, you did all these things for yourself, and you feel pretty good about yourself, and God is saying you have to deny yourself and carry the cross. And you ask yourself, well, I'm doing okay. I'm looking pretty good. And God is saying, do you want to taste the glory? Do you want to taste the glory of God? Do you want to be glorified? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want your life to be transformed that when somebody sees you that there's no possible way that that can be you because you are not that person? The last time I seen you, you were giving me the middle finger, and now you're singing praises. And it sounds silly, but it's the truth. Because God will change you. You draw a little closer, and God is telling you, hey, it's time to take up your cross daily. Because if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. If you want to save your life, you'll lose it. Now, we all have choices. We can say, hey, I'm all in. For some of us, it's easier. We can say, we're all in. For whatever reason, some people could just come and just, the next day, you're like, wow. Praise God for those people. But then there's some stubborn people, like myself, that were like, yeah, I'm all in. I go to the men's home, and I walk through the front door, out the back door, and I leave with my friends. But I'm all in. All in my friend's car to go party to go to the casino, to go get drunk, or go, to go do whatever that the flesh wanted. But it wasn't until I really understood the scriptures to be real. We're not just reading them because it's there. We're reading them because they're real, and they do something in our life, and they actually change our lives. It's living. The word became flesh. And the word lives in us. And I believe that once this body of Christ does that, and I, and I don't know why the Lord wanted me to share this, I believe that the, 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 there's, there's a, when I walked in here, there was an, an, and I have, there was an anointing that I haven't felt in a long time. I haven't been here, but I'm saying I go to another church. But I haven't felt this anointing in a long time. There's an anointing here. But it only takes a remnant for a revival. It only takes a few people to say, I'm willing to deny myself and say, hey, I'm going for it. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing, I'm, God, I, and it's not about a building. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a leadership. It's not about a ministry. It's like, use this sinner. Use this wretched sinner. Use this, you know, ungrateful individual to do your will, God. Nothing could change me, God. Jail couldn't change me. Drugs couldn't change me. The doctor couldn't change me. My mother couldn't change me. My dad couldn't change me. The psychiatrist kicked me out. Nobody could help me. But God saved me.
can, we can end here. And <clears throat> I just want to encourage everybody that at the end of the, at the, end of the day, At the end of the day, God wants your service, amen? God has a plan. He has a, a calling on your life. But at the end of the day, he wants you to kick your shoes off, relax, sit at his feet, and know that he is God. Hey, we had a life has not been very good to a lot of people. The world has not been good to a lot of people. But God is so good. God is so loving. God is so forgiving. God loves us so much. At the end of the day, you may not take that mission trip to Africa. But at the end of the day, he says, son, daughter, I just want you in my presence. You may not get that healing, but God's saying, I want you in my presence. I want you to eat of my flesh. I want you to drink of my blood. I want you to carry a cross. I want you to understand the goodness And for a moment in your life, and I'm not talking about this moment right here. I'm not talking about this moment right here. I'm not talking about this minute. I'm not talking about this hour. But I'm talking about this moment in your life, this season in your life. Stop focusing on what is wrong. You can't fix it. You don't have the tools to fix it. Stop focusing on the broken pieces in your life because you do not have the tools to fix it. Stop worrying about how you're going to get a job. Stop worrying about how are you going to get a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a car, a house, a pair of shoes. Stop thinking about how are you going to get that bank account with a little bit of something in it. That little bit of stability here on earth. I don't know about you. I want this earth to shake for the Lord. I don't want stability here on earth. But I want to be moved by God. I want to be transformed by God. I want to walk into the presence of God and know that he is in command of my life. I may be broken, we may be broken, we may be broke, we may be rich, it don't matter. God is telling you to take this moment of your life and let it all go. Let it all go. Let your, let your, let your thought process change and say, God, what is it that you have for me? I've been on this path for too many years and I feel like I'm going in circles. I've been at this dead-end job, God, and I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even like it. What is it, God, that you have for me? Where, God? Where, God? Because at this moment, there is nothing better 
There is nothing better. We got people at the border right now. They call them the caravans, and they're trying to get in this, this, this uh, state that we call California because they're looking for something better. You have a, a democracy that's falling apart in front of our eyes because the right and the left can't get it together. Everybody's looking for something better. But I'm telling you right now, if you allow this moment in your life to let it all go, allow God to break the chains, break those chains that are got you bound to TV, have you bound to perversion? Have you bound to work to working too much? Have you bound to material things? Having bound to lies? Having me, you're bound. Uh, you have an addiction. You're bound. But God is saying for this moment to let it go. This moment, let it go. Say, God, I want to be in your presence. God, I want to be in your presence. God, I don't. I don't need. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I'm not nobody special because I have a career. I'm not nobody special because my marriage is great. I'm nobody special because I dress nice. I'm nobody special because I have a testimony. I'm nobody special because I've done something that is impressive. Because our righteousness, our, our good thinking is as filthy rags to the Lord. But for a moment, don't you want to change the history of your life? Don't you want to change the future? Don't you want to live different? Aren't you tired of just walking into your house and sitting on the couch and turning the TV on and just being like, is this is all I have? I don't know what it is that God has for you. I don't even know what you want for yourself. But if you want something different, if you're willing and ready to say, God, I'm, I want to follow you. God, I've seen the miracles that you've done. I've read the word. I've seen what you've done, but I want to follow you. And I'm ready and willing to deny myself. I'm ready to take up my cross daily. I'm ready to lose my life. I'm ready to lose it, God. I'm already, I don't have anything else. Anyways, God, I just want something different. If somebody wants to change their life, not for 30 seconds, not for a five-minute song, but for this moment of your life, this season in your life, this, this time going into the new year and ushering a, a, a new year, a, a new a new fresh outlook on what God has for you. Just come to the altar and ask the Lord, Lord, I don't want it anymore. I don't want what I think I want. I don't know what I even want anymore, God, but you're going to show me. You're going to show me in this season, my God. Going into the new year, you're going to show me in this season, what is it, Father God, that you have for me? God, I'm tired of, of, of just neglect. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. In the name of Jesus, if that's you, just come to the altar. If you're ready for a change, God is looking for a remnant to start revival. God is looking for one to cry out into the wilderness, crying out, crying out, crying out in the name of Jesus. 
God is looking for one. God is saying, this is Anaheim. Who wants the land? This is Anaheim. Who wants the land? Who's willing? Who's willing? Who's willing to go? Who's willing to go in the name of Jesus? Who's willing to go? Who wants the land in the name of Jesus? Holy Spirit, have your way in the name of Jesus, mighty God. Lord, I just pray, Father God, for the anointing, Father God, to not just to, 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 to flow in this room here, Father God. I pray for the anointing to flow in the city of Anaheim. I pray for the anointing to, to flow in the city of Anaheim in the name of Jesus. That the anointing will flow in the city of Anaheim and you will call out the laborers in the name of Jesus. And that you are looking for a remnant to start a revival in the name of Jesus. That they will be uh, rushing, my God, in the name of Jesus. We're praying for revival in the name of Jesus. We're praying, we're praying, Father God, that people will rush to the churches, mighty God. Looking for a Savior, mighty God. Need a healing in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you, mighty God. I pray, Father God, for the worship team in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you give them the voice, Father God, to sing, Father God, in the name of Jesus. They need the, the voice to sing, mighty God, because you're going to call for revival in the name of Jesus because you're going to put it in the hearts of the people, mighty God. Revival starts in the hearts of the people. You're going to place revival, mighty God, in the hearts of the people, mighty God. And you're going to bring the voices of angels, mighty God, to the city to start a revival, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you in the name of Jesus. If anybody wants to just praise the Lord, I'm telling you, you praise God right where you're at. Just praise Him. Praise Him. Give Him thanks for your life. Give Him thanks for saving you. Give Him thanks. Praise Him. Exalt Him. Stop praying for the needs, but exalt the Lord's name. Exalt the Lord's name and praise Him and thanks. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks in the name of Jesus. Don't ask for nothing, but just thank the Lord tonight. Don't ask for anything. Don't ask for nothing. Just say, God, thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for saving me. God, just thank you for saving me. God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for saving me. In the name